Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski, uh, a.k.a. The Slicer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Louisa Heron. That seems like a... Have you used that one before? Feels familiar. Uh, I don't know. Slicing is what computer hacking is called in the Star Wars universe, so it's possible. Uh, I was going to say, it de- It was a pretty good recovery when you definitely forgot that that's something you normally do. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, like, is it going to happen? <laughs> no, it was my plan all along, and okay. nobody can prove otherwise in a court of law or a court of public opinion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're like a real Batman villain. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were all beloved in the court of public opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, I you guess that's what? more Superman. You I was going to say... Yeah. should have been beloved in the court of public opinion yeah. because they only crashed like fancy uh, diamond galas and stole the diamonds. <laughs> this yeah, is a $2,000 This is a $2,000 plate fundraiser for the city DA? What? <laughs> I don't know if they've already done this, but they absolutely should do one where Harvey Dent gets reelected as a DA because the people of Gotham were like, yeah, I love that part where you threw acid in the face of that like billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then he has to litigate Batman. I'm not sure how. No, he he. he get, it's a tie, and they decide the election by coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes up in his favor, and then he turns good. He's not evil anymore. Ooh, no, Harvey Dent has to run against Two Face. Oh, the two okay. personalities are running against each other for I vote for Two-Face. mayor of Gotham. <laughs> I definitely vote Two Face, especially if we're talking about the animated universe where Harvey Dent is introduced. The first episode where we're supposed to be like, oh, we like this guy and we hope that he doesn't go insane and murder everyone. He's introduced at a dinner with Bruce Wayne where the meals are $400 each and he's grabbing the butt of a waitress. Yeah. Like, he actually, sucks. Harvey Dent, you could get your face melted <laughs> off. That's fine. I like that he's a big linebacker in the Telltale game. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's just like he get you. You're introduced to him. And you're like, yeah, I guess that's Harvey Dent. He's seven feet tall and six hundred pounds. But yeah, like lawyers, you know how lawyers are like that. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, Bruce, the sausage around the pigs get a little bit. Oh, I'm gonna get elected DA. He's just like so broy and stupid seeming and enormous. He's such a jock, and I love it. That kind of seems like somebody who could get elected a DA of a city. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like how in all of the. Arkham games for reasons that are baffling. Uh, the Penguin is like a Cockney street pickpocket. Yeah, uh huh. He's like <laughs> what? He's like, oi, governor! I'm from uh, I'm from one of Gotham's oldest families, Gotham yeah. America. What like what? Like? Why are you? That's how did so, that happen? It doesn't make any sense. And in my opinion, the, the whole appeal of the Penguin is that he's like a gentleman thief. He's like. Yeah. He keeps up appearances of being this fancy, legitimate business owner and then runs this, like, secret theft organization. So if he comes up and he's like, hello, 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 I'm d- running this totally legitimate, not money laundering gala ball on Friday. Like, yeah, we get it, Penguin, you're a thief. <laughs> um, so, wait, though, no. but if you consider that he's supposed to be a gentleman thief, that describes everyone of the classic Batman villains. Okay, well, for, here's what we're going to do. We're going mean, to sort... I would say that ju- the Joker is no gentleman, and the Riddler okay. is much more of a Riddler than a thief. We're going to sort all the Batman villains onto that chart where the X-axis was jock to nerd, and the Y-axis was goth to prep. 
could we change the axes to be uh, gentleman to scallywag and thief to Riddler? <laughs> thief to Riddler. I guess Riddler is a category, even though one of them is just called that. Yeah, yeah. and he actually isn't the furthest one on the side of Riddler. <laughs> yeah, that would be what? Clock King? Somebody who wants yeah, you to King was oh God. about math problems. We named two people who are more riddly than the Riddler. Uh, so Cla- uh, Clock King, Riddler, and uh, Calendar Man are all absolutely um, pre- prep nerd for sure. Well, hold yeah. on. Who, I believe it was. Wait, who was the one who was played by Vincent Price on the old series? Eggman. Okay, Egghead. 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 That's Egghead's right. gotta be in nerd. The goth. No, he's gotta be in the goth corner. Yeah, goth nerd. Vincent Price. Yeah, goth nerd so? for sure. Yeah. What's well, nerdy like about eggs? Well, what's nerdy about oh, Josh? He's, a lot of eggs. His name is Egghead, which is another word for nerd. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But what about him is nerdy? His <laughs> name is Egghead. Egg it would be like if Batman had a villain called the Geek who bit heads off chickens. Like, he's not actually nerdy at all, but his name is the Geek, so he has to be a nerd. No, this works against your idea because that's insane. That doesn't mean he's a nerd. Okay, but. But Vincent Price is a goth nerd, yeah. and so if yeah. we're giving mm-hmm. Egghead goth based on Vincent Price, we also have to give him nerd based on Vincent Price. Alright, I will agree, but jocks love to eat eggs is all I'm saying. Killer Croc is a goth jock. Uh, where does the Joker Ooh. fit? Is he a prep, uh, he, is he a goth nerd? Um, is he, is he prep? He always wears a three-piece or, suit, that's very prep. Mm. Yeah, he's a jock prep. But all of his merchandise is sold exclusively at Hot Topic and Spencer's <laughs> Gifts. Yes, but he we can't wouldn't get into shop that. there. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't shop there. That's fair. Uh, all, where else is he going to buy a squirting flower? He makes all of that shit. He must. Mm. Yeah, that, I guess that's why he squats in the abandoned toy factories all the time. <laughs> yeah. He needs the old abandoned uh, acid-proof tubes and <laughs> flowers. Yes. Tubes, okay. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree that the four quadrants are epitomized by, uh... Go on. The, the Riddler... Hold on. <laughs> we just said he's not the best example of that. No, well, I said that if the Axis was riddling to Thief, then he's not. But <laughs> he's definitely the biggest nerd, is the Riddler. For sure, um, and he's goth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, the biggest goth, I want to say, is Scarecrow. Mm, yes, for sure. Ooh, yes, for sure. But he's a goth nerd? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, he's he's a They're doctor. All, he has, like, three doctors. Was that they are all nerdy gentleman types, and I, this mm. is only proving it more. But, <laughs> no, more. listen, because Bane... Goth jock. Bane yes. is definitely the biggest goth jock in history. Well, yes. what about Batman? Batman's a goth jock, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, well, that's why right. he and Bane butt heads no. so much, because they're so similar. <laughs> no, Batman is right in the center. Uh, oh, he is a, a nerd also. Mm-hmm. And, he, true. and he's he, a he billionaire playboy. Yeah, he and the he center does some of the diagram. Damn. Here's, okay, counterpoint to him being in this direct center. He's on all four extremes. <laughs> okay, yes. Okay. Bruce, okay, further, further counterpoint. Bruce Wayne and Batman are in different quadrants entirely. <laughs> oh, shit, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Wayne is, is... Opposites on the, the whole chart. Bruce Wayne is whole thing wide open. prep nerd, and Batman is goth jock, which is why the whole character has to be in the dead center. Yeah, and that's about- why no one ever figures out his true identity.
cringy because they're like, well, they can't be the same person with how different they are on this internet meme. <laughs> and I think all the different Batmans as portrayed by different actors would all fall in different parts on this chart. Mm, yeah, that's true. Guys, I've tricked us into talking for five minutes where we just were describing a meme. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha. My and plan. I've tricked us into talking about Batman for ten minutes. <laughs> Amazing. So I we've both done it. We've fulfilled our Batman villain uh, impulses. I'm the meme explainer, and I'm not a good villain. Yes, and I am the Batman talker about her, who Batman really hates. <laughs> yeah, you you show up at the at the big gala, and you say the Batman enjoyer has logged on, and then I say he's referencing a common meme that's done on Twitter and Discord as I come in behind you. <laughs> yeah, and then I will say I like Batman. I'm extremely online. <laughs> I forgot how depressing it is to hear memes. <laughs> I know that's part of what I enjoy about it. Uh, okay. Anyway, Jeff, what did you do to get through this week? Uh, so I participated in the Nintendo Online Club uh, voucher program. That's not what it's called at all. But uh, so they did. They announced the deal in their direct. They were like, "Listen, if you guys want to pre-order games, I'm going to give." You, uh, uh, all of the online subscribers a deal. When you Are say you, I, you mean Reggie Fizeme sending you uh, messages. No, Doug Bowser. Ba- Doug Bowser told us all no, of this. Bowser. Bowser the giant turtle man. Uh, no, he was explicitly banned from f- presenting at the Direct, <laughs> if you'll remember. Yeah. yeah, they are really not good at representing uh, different lifestyles in the Nintendo Direct. Is you know, Koopa Lizard, King. Is, is Koopa King, is Turtle Man a lifestyle? I see now. Okay, this is probably not a productive path to go down, but I uh-huh. want to figure out which uh, gay subcultures map to which uh, Super Mario Brothers villains. Okay, we can't do that, or it's yeah. just going to be that the whole podcast. <laughs> yes, um, I, don't, I don't talk feel at like length we're... about Waluigi being a class of of gay man. I think. Uh, but- I don't feel like us, a bunch of mostly straights, uh, are qualified to talk about such a thing. <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. Anyway, Luigi's an otter. Um, no, we're no. moving on. Uh, we're moving on from this. He's an uh, otter pop. This is a cursed conversation. <laughs> Wait! Hang on! <laughs> no! I Somebody definitely already got there first, right? What's that? Otter Pop as being, like, opposite of Leather Daddy. Somebody already got there, right? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I thought you you knew somebody who'd already made that joke, but if not, I want to be the per- I want to put my flag in it. Well, put it in writing. <laughs> this is no good. This is no good fucking around on our unpopular podcast about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, so... I bought these vouchers because it was like you can get two full price games uh, for yes, $100 instead of $120. Yeah, you already talked about this, yes. Yeah, yeah. so I uh, used one of those vouchers. I used one of those vouchers to pre order Dragon Quest Builders 2, which came yeah. out. Um, when did that come out? Yesterday? Yesterday. Yes. yes. The 12th. I played a bunch of it, and I think I'm most of the way through the first island of it. It's not really divided into chapters as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's way better. Than- uh, so, I haven't played two yet. I was gonna hold off on buying it, but I don't think I can hold off. I, I want a new game. Yeah, it's uh, really good. <laughs> but how do you feel like it compares to the first one? I think that they solved every problem of the first one, and also mm-hmm. it doesn't feel repetitive. Yes. But the oh, only good. the only thing that is like 
even slightly less good about it is there's not as much nostalgia because it's not all the stuff from the first game. Uh. But that's fine because I still recognize, like, all the monsters I'm encountering and the, like, main story is somewhat based on Dragon Quest 2. Uh, so it's, like, enough. Um, and they, it, it solves... They also, they also do a good thing, which is the first game felt fairly aimless because you are this non-verbal, uh, like, hero figure who's definitely not a hero. You just build cities. Um, but you kind of interact with people, but they all are they're transient in your life and you don't really have any relationships with them. Yeah. Um, but by making it that there are three main characters and you play the builder, but you have two people that journey with you, uh, it's so much, you get actual character development for the hero right from the beginning, which is much, much, much better. That was good. Yeah, it did feel like a very lonely kind of game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um the tutorial part was, like, so much longer, because they had to explain uh, all of the mechanics and all of the new stuff. But, like, it, once I got past... Really, like, two tutorials, because you yeah, have the mm-hmm. part on the boat and then the part on the island afterwards. Yeah, and then I, like, once I got into the main thing, boy, they take some of the real grind out of it, because, like, villagers will come join your village, and then they'll do the tasks, like, farming and stuff. Okay. Um Instead of you having to, like, go manually do all of it, they'll, like, water water the crops and plant seeds as you level up your town. Yeah, in Dragon Quest yeah. Builders 1, there was that thing where if you put a chest in the room where the cooking utensils were, other villagers would sometimes come and make food for you. Yeah. Um, but they've made that a lot more explicit and... <clears throat> like, easier to understand in this game, where you can see the villagers farming for you. You can see them making things for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you uh, have to, as part of the mainline quest, pet a dog. So it's also good for that reason. Like, it's not just optional to pet the dog. You have to do it, or you can't continue on with the game. Mm, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's it's really enjoyable, like, building this little town that I'm building, and I feel like I have a lot more agency. If I screw up, I can... Uh, you get builder gloves, which lets you just pick up blocks and move them around instead of having to destroy oh them God. and replace them. That was a huge pain the first one, especially for yep. me who really enjoyed the perfectionist uh, aspect of it where yes. you decided that you had this building of cobbled together different materials but now you want to just take it down and then build it up all nice materials yes. and that's such a pain in my butt. Yes, I think Louisa, you specifically will like this one a lot more because I think you and I have similar uh, like slightly obsessive tendencies in these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like about it is <clears throat> In the first one, when somebody gave you a blueprint for a room to make, Mm -hmm. you could then, like, stamp it onto the the world wherever you wanted. Mm -hmm. In this one, all of the quest-required things, they also tell you where to make it. Ah. (laughs) So they're like, build build a cabin for us to sleep in right there, and then the blueprint appears on the map. So, like... I I like it because in the first one, when people would be like, oh, build a forge, I'd stamp it on the map and build it. And then 20 minutes later, they'd be like, now build a spring here, and I'd have to destroy my forge and move it <laughs> yeah. four squares to the left to make the spring where it needed to be. Yeah, later on, you yeah. do get more flexibility where someone will be like, just make a blueprint, put it wherever you want. Uh, but some of, sometimes it's more like, I want you to build a room... Uh, 
like the rooms have sizes now, so you can have a tiny room, a small room, a medium, or a large, or an enormous. Uh, so someone will be like, put these three items in a small room, thank you, and you can just do that wherever. Uh, and like if you already have rooms, which you will, because the, you know how the towns start with like ruins, and usually mm-hmm. you just make your main buildings out of those ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, well... Maybe you do. Well, <laughs> again, like Louisa was saying, I'm like, I could build up these ruins, but yeah. they're made out of slime. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. th- make stone bricks and make a tower that will last for eternity. When you have I am Ozymandias, <laughs> look upon my works. When you have a wall that's uh, just dirt with some roots sticking out of it, that's gross. I want my yes. tower looks better than that. I yes. really wish that I had already unlocked the, like, the veneer that you can put over the dirt to make oh it look good. Oh my god. <laughs> That gives, that stresses me out so much. Yeah. It just you know tur- there's dirt still in there, right? Yeah. It's not. Once you hit the brick, it's it's the other kind of brick if you like break it down. <laughs> also, in in the first game, uh yeah, you'd have the ruins and it would kind of be outlines of like you can tell there's supposed to be some small rooms here. You can make small rooms there. But then as you're trying to build up your town, like they don't line up with walkways and yeah. stuff. So you're gonna yeah. have to move stuff anyway, and I hate that. Yep. Uh, anyway, I'm enjoying the story a lot, too. Um, also, I'm liking... I don't know if this... I've only played up to the very beginning of the first island, so I don't know if this changes, but I'm very much liking that, A, you have more inventory slots, which is so uh-huh. clutch, Yes, and B... Um, your fucking hammer doesn't break every ten minutes. <laughs> like, Good. Maybe it has an endurance meter that I just haven't seen yet, but I've been using the hammer a lot, and I haven't seen anything being like, your hammer's about to break, you need to build a new hammer. Yeah, weapons and hammer uh, don't break, and you get a bag pretty early on that has functionally infinite slots. That's awesome. It makes everything about the game instantly so much less stressful. (laughs) Oh, and the stacks aren't limited anymore. Like, you used to only be able to put, like, 99 of something in in Mm -hmm. one item slot, now you can just put unlimited. Yep. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm excited for this game. Yeah. And have you played any of the multiplayer function yet, Jeff? No, I'm uh, I'm a scared to do that. <laughs> we should all play in a world together and Ooh. have our uh, what should I say? Our obsessive tendencies uh, <laughs> infuriate each other. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> how how is the multiplayer set up? Do you know? As far as I know, having read a little bit about it, it's just sort of a sandbox mode mm-hmm. um, where you are in a world and you can you have all the recipes already, and you guys can you can just work together to build things and fight off monsters. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm a it's basically board. a rip off of the Minecraft multiplayer mode. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> the game is kind of a rip off of Minecraft. Correct. Yes, so but Louisa to me, who's most important to me. Yes. yes. So, Louisa, since you didn't get this game, what did you do to get through this week? Uh, not a whole lot of different things. I'm super tired lately. I don't know why. But I went uh, berry picking today. I picked blueberries and blackberries. So that was really nice. Hmm. What are you going to do with them? I am going to make vodka, probably. And blackberry jam, maybe? I tried to make blueberry jam last year. It didn't set correctly. And uh, that happens sometimes with fruit because you don't know the um, acidity level of the fruit always. So right. it's a real, a real crapshoot. But uh, also, I didn't like how it tastes that much. Like, mm. when you take yeah. the time to make something homemade, you want it to really be different from store-bought? Mm, it wasn't. 
Yeah, there's something especially disheartening about <clears throat> putting a lot of work into making something homemade and then it's less good than if you just yes. bought it. I made homemade ketchup once and I was like, well, not as good as Heinz. <laughs> that was real bad. Was what real about bad what about if you don't do blueberry jam and you do blueberry vodka and then use all the other fruits for your jams? Yes, I might do that. I, yes, I am going to make vodka and I don't know which fruits will go in there. I wonder what color it'll turn if I use blueberries because... Uh, Usually you get that really dark blue, purple from cooking them down. So if I don't, I wonder if it'll even change the color at all. What if you yeah, cook them down before you infuse them? Before you infuse it? I think you'd lose too much of the flavor that way. Would you? If you macerate blueberries, you end up with a big mass of like that sort of greenish mm-hmm. gray, yeah. which is most of their insides. Yes. So <clears throat> I guess we'll find out, huh? Hopefully I'll find out when you give <laughs> yeah. me that vodka. <laughs> that orange that orange spice vodka that you made was mm-hmm. amazing. It was really good. Oh was it? I was afraid it would be too like uh a uh, Christmas candle <laughs> like it, when it, I smelled it. <laughs> it's weird, but it was like I easy to do shots of Christmas candle at a party before. <laughs> yeah, well you tart melts, mm, they're so delicious. <laughs> you dared me to, so Yeah, well, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's really good for, for like, shots or sipping, because it's not harsh like plain vodka. Uh, and it mixes well with a cola. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if this works out, I will be bringing it next month when we all get together. So. Cool. It'll be perfect for in lemonade, I think. Yeah, I think yeah so. that's a good call. I don't even like lemonade mixed drinks, but that sounds good, and I want to drink yeah, it. Yeah, vodka lemonade is already good. Blueberry vodka lemonade? Oof. <laughs> Ooh, especially if it's sparkling lemonade. Huh. Ooh, fancy, fancy. Yeah. Or just seltzer mixed into lemonade. I know that I'm turning into our mother when I say this, but yeah. a lot of the time lemonade's too sweet, and I want to like water it down and make it exciting. Yeah, I guess. No, no thanks. <laughs> I do know what you're saying, though. But yeah. I, I, uh, I've used uh, like diet lemonade for a cocktail that I, I was worried would be too sweet, and that works pretty well. I'm always so like gun shy about using diet anything in any kind of drink because if it has that artificial sweetener flavor, mm-hmm. that is all I'm going to be able to taste. More than the alcohol, I can taste the artificial sweetener as soon as it touches my lips. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, your mileage may vary with this, but me and my roommates enjoy the cocktail that I make that is uh, diet lemonade. I usually use like crystal light, like the powdered kind, uh, mm-hmm. with pomegranate <laughs> juice and gin. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like the acidity of both of those other things covers up the bitterness, but you I know. feel like mixing pomegranate juice with gin is just like making homemade slow gin, kind of, right? <laughs> uh, it's um. it, it works really well together. I don't know what slow gin is. It's plums. <clears throat> yeah, a slow is a plum. Yes, a slow Weird. is a kind of fruit, and uh, it's just like a fruit infused gin. Uh, you don't taste; it doesn't taste that much different than regular gin, to be honest. But it's like red, and it's good. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, it's weird picking two different kinds of fruit because you get used to how you pick blueberries, which is kind of put your hand under the, the all of them, all of them yeah. together, and then you go over to the blackberry field <laughs> and you're like, "These are all knobbly. These blueberries are too knobbly." <laughs> you throw these ones on the ground. Yeah, uh, but you do that with blueberries, and then you just gently uh, like squeeze them, and they all come off. Uh, yep. Blackberries, you really have to kind of <laughs> to pull on those things to get them off the yep. bush. You need a they machete. do not want to let go. Isn't it a bit late in the season for blackberries? No, it's actually early in the season for blackberries. Oh, okay. It's late in the season for blueberries, although the guy in the field was telling us that uh, 
uh, this season has just started for them. So your your maybe. guy out in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was outstanding in his field. So <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, pretty good. I kept it. <laughs> it's not. I, I understand. No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I will be making some things, and uh, we will see how that turns out. Yeah, lemon and blueberry baked goods are always good yes. <laughs> to use up blueberries. That's true. Yeah, I didn't pick too many. I feel like I've gotten better over the years at not picking too many of the uh, fruit when I go pick Yeah, oh, there's a specific feeling of the albatross of having, like, seven pounds of fruit that yeah. you need to do something with before it goes bad. Because <laughs> before you go picking, in your mind, you're like, you know what would be really nice? A dish of blueberries and cream. And then... I'm getting the light from Jeff. Hold on a second. <laughs> it really helps if you stop talking. At yeah, I know. Time. It was good. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. That was your fault. That was your fault that it wasn't good. Uh, so, as I was saying, <laughs> reclaiming my time. <laughs> uh, blueberries and cream is good in your mind. You think, oh, that'll be nice to have once. And then you forget that if you pick too many blueberries, you're going to have to have that every day. Uh, or else you're wasting your money and time. Counterpoint, I have that for dessert almost every night. <laughs> I yeah, love it. I am looking forward to it. Anyway, chef. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jeff, what do you think Matt did? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Matt, what got you through the week? I was like, I was like Dragon Quest Builders. I talked about that with Matt. That must have been Matt's. And it wasn't. <laughs> No, now, in Louise's defense, I do take over everyone's thing and just talk about myself the whole time. Fair. Um, okay, so this week, uh, Jen was out of town. She went to a, a museum exhibit of Walter Potter's taxidermy up in New York State, which she was very excited about. And so I had the house to myself for the majority of the week. Um, and I is there a gender-neutral term for being a basic bee? Um... <laughs> No, because no. that is a specific targeted attack against women. So. Okay, well, I don't, I'm in no way misogynist, but I Bougie? am afraid. What? what? Bougie, maybe? I guess so. No, I don't think that that's, that's not what I've taken basic to mean. Um, I, I, me to, go, yeah, go ahead. Tell us and we'll decide how basic you are. Or allow me to explain. <laughs> yeah. I am afraid that I am basic because when I have the opportunity to have the whole house to myself and so I can do anything I want in the whole world, I cook steak for dinner every night and, like, wear pajama pants all day and, Mm -hmm. like, watch action movies or play video games. And, like, I think I might just be a sitcom dad, but not in a good way. Mm. (laughs) Wait, which sitcom dads or sitcom dads in a good way? (laughs) Yeah, tell me about this sitcom dad in a good way thing that you Uh, theorized. The guy from Full House was a good sitcom dad? I guess. He's only, um... Bob uh, Saget? His only personality traits were being neurotic and being kind of a sad sack, though. Like, he was always uh-huh. cleaning and being I, I'm, not, I'm missing the point where this doesn't describe me exactly. <laughs> you weren't cleaning. You weren't fastidiously oh, ironing your jeans. <laughs> I'm neurotic. I'm not clean. That's the only difference. <laughs> Everyone ironed their jeans. It was the 90s. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, I guess the main thing is, A, I think I'm basic, which I guess is fine, but, like, I'm definitely the stereotype of a, of a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, B, uh, what, what's the best way to prepare steaks in your guys' mind? Because I have an answer, and it's very basic. I have... Okay, so let's define our terms here. By a steak, you mean an unprocessed cut of meat, of beef, specifically, right? 
Yes, weird I have a say. specific. I have a specific cut as part of my perfect preparation oh, for steak. Okay. Yeah, I was. I just want to make sure we're not talking about like cheese steaks or no, no, like no, tuna no, steaks no, no. or anything like no, that. No, 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 no okay. No. Um, Although a tuna steak is quite nice on the grill. Yeah, that's fine. I think that uh, just fried in a pan, and I'm not particular about the cut. Wow, this is insane. That's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, if it's a thicker steak, you just brown it in the pan and then bake it to finish. Here's what you do. You need a cast iron pan that you will heat up for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You will take your, I prefer a strip steak, you will season both sides with salt and pepper right before you put it in the pan or an hour before and nothing in between because you don't want to draw that moisture out and not have it go back. And then you put it in the pan, two minutes on each side, it's going to be on hot heat, and then you're going to put it in the oven for five minutes at 350. Okay. I, I've marinated a steak, and that has turned out good, but that's not what I usually do. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that I will marinate a steak if it's a cut that I'm less excited yeah, about eating. steak. If it's like a, yeah, if it's like, you know, a, a I don't know, a Skirt bad steak. steak. You can't think of a cut of steak a that London you're not broil. excited about eating. <laughs> What'd yeah. you say, Louisa? A London broil. Yes. I'll well, eat a London broil, but that a is steak. a bad cut of steak. Yeah, well, it can be treated as a steak. London, yes. London broil is good when you make it right, though, and you, like, slice it real thin. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. you it's have totally to treat okay. it not as a steak to make it right. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, the right it. way to, to make a steak, in my opinion, the correct opinion, mm -hmm. is um, you need to season it with Lowry's seasoning. I know it's basic, but <laughs> goddamn, it's good. There's yeah. a reason it's the best. <laughs> I was actually going to say just, like, the basic-ass Montreal steak seasoning, like, generic brand. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing about it is that it's sugar and salt and paprika and that's it, and goddamn, that's a good combo for steak. Oh, the one I have has those big peppercorns in it. I use this seasoning on a surprising amount of things. I, I use it on eggs sometimes. Knowing you, Jeff, I would not be surprised that you how, use seasoning salt. <laughs> how dare you? First off, adobo is the correct way to prepare uh, many uh, Latin American dishes. <laughs> yes. You need that. That's yes, a seasoned correct. salt. Yeah, okay. I, you're getting very defensive about seasoning salt. I'm just saying I know how much you like it. So, yeah, I would not yeah. be surprised. Uh -huh. and, and, like, like the, the purpose of me saying this is to take the shame away from admitting we like exactly. seasoned salt. Seasoned salt is awesome. And Lowry's is my favorite one for steak. Um, I get... I this is a a big announcement. Uh, I've I've consulted with my family and my God, and I'm announcing here today uh, that I've moved away from porterhouse steaks. Good. And my new favorite cut is now the ribeye. Okay, it's a respectable kind of steak. I mean, porterhouses are still very good, but I think I like ribeyes a little more now. I um, and I I season it with Lowry's. I let it sit for till it get comes up to room temperature so that it cooks evenly, which is something I learned fairly recently to do. And my yeah. God, I wish that I'd known about it longer. Yes. Um, and then I get the grill super hot. And I throw it on there uncovered, and I do about three minutes aside, uh, and then look at how browned it is, and I might flip it over one more time to get an extra layer of caramelization before I eat it. I feel like if I wanted to prepare a steak, I would go to the store and Google what's the best cut of meat to get, because <laughs> I don't know. If I wanted know. to prepare a steak, I would merely... <laughs> Pull uh, the ribs out of a cow. <laughs> like, I, what I'm saying is, I don't have an idea of my preferred cut of steak. Mm. Well, not even at a restaurant, like a steakhouse, where you have all the choices. 
I don't know that I've gone to a steakhouse that had more than like three choices, and usually I don't. I'm not ordering the steak anyway. What? Right. At a steakhouse? I've had uh, the option to get filet mignon, and I go for that because that's pretty good. I think you owe it to yourself, Jeff, to go on a journey of self-discovery. Of wherein, steak discovery. Yeah, wherein you just try all the different cuts of steak like one a week and and learn your body. I actually, your body. <laughs> gross. I want to go to Ikinari, which is a um. Uh, you order by weight, and it's a Japanese steakhouse, and also you stand at counters to eat it. And it's just like a very, it's a very fancy, uh, like chain of, of Japanese steakhouses that we have in the city. It's weird. Yeah, stand. I wanna, I wanna try that. I don't wanna stand it while I'm eating. <laughs> oh, it's like a standing desk. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> you have to pedal a bicycle to power the ovens while you eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, you uh, said fillet, Jeff, which is a good cut for tenderness and can be enjoyable, but it's not very strongly flavored. Yes, mm. I mean that's why I like Porterhouse so much because one half of it was as tender as a fillet, and the other half of it was as flavorful as a strip. Yeah, um, but ribeye is also very tender and pretty flavorful, and it's got a nice fatty marbling to it, which gives it uh, an extra fl- flavor that I am really enjoying lately. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pretty good. It's all really interesting on a topic I don't know about. You well, know about what- steaks! Speaking of topics we don't know about, <laughs> uh, we've I've rolled for our wiki, um, yes. mm-hmm. and I got Legend of the Five Rings wiki. It's mm, abbreviated to L, L uh, the number five R... Um, this is a thing that I've heard of, and I don't know what it is. Uh, it is a card game, I believe, oh. like a board game that is that has cards, or it might actually be a tabletop oh. game that was adapted into a board game. Here we go. It was this. It's a, the name is the setting, and it's the foundation for the Legend of the Five Rings collectible card game, role playing game, and the Clan Wars miniatures game, as well as a series of novels. So I have several game dev friends who argue that this is the greatest tabletop game uh, system ever devised. It seems incredibly boring to me, but some people really like it. It also f- it also was a campaign setting for third edition D&D as part of the, please excuse me using this dated term, Oriental Adventures expansion. Yeah. Um, because it is sort of like a fantasy feudal Japan. Yeah, I was just gonna say I didn't know anything about it, and I thought it's something to do with, like, Lord of the Rings because all I knew was the word rings. And I opened it up and it's got the word Legends of the Five Rings wiki in a brushstroke font and the <laughs> Five yep. rings next to it are like golden coins with different uh, elemental things on them. And then on the sidebar, I can see a woman with sort of uh, theatrical, like, geisha makeup, but then a skin-tight uh, dress that is slit all the way up the thigh. And then on the other side, maybe a woman, maybe a man, can't tell, uh, holding up a katana. So I was like, oh, fuck. I actually forgot about this. Uh, this was... I was gonna be like, let's place bets on how many uh, actually Japanese people were involved in the creation of this franchise, but I forgot it was created by a game designer named John Wick. <laughs> he he is white, like the real John Wick. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wait. The real John Wick, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, I believe I, I saw someone refer to him as having hit the name lottery. <laughs> okay, yes. well... 
Uh, so this is making me uncomfortable already because, yeah, the, um, I mean, the term is orient- Orientalism to, uh, yes, uh, to get, sort get of get into it in a shallow way. Exactly. To like describe, uh, the way white creators approach, uh, fantasy or even like realistic fiction about any sort of, uh, Asian culture. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little scroll of some pictures and we've got an angry looking guy in a red robe against a background. His half of his face is covered up. We've got a map. We've got a, uh, no theater kind of mask. And then we've got a woman with long white hair holding a katana in front of a cherry blossom tree. None of them look particularly Asian, which is kind of weird. In all their trappings, they are though. So that's a, yes, that's a bit that's weaselly. What, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like that is one of the things that is kind of wrong about how so many things that use all of the elements of Asian culture, but then insert white-looking people into yeah. it. It seems very gross. Yeah, because then you can be like, "No, it's fantasy. We're not talking about Japan." Yeah. Blah. So, but why don't you read this about Legend of the Five Rings? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Legend us. of the Five Rings, often abbreviated L5R, is a fictional setting that covers in detail a fantastical land of Rokugan, a nation whose culture and history is based on that of feudal Japan. The setting also briefly touches upon many of the different cultures that occupy the same world. This world is the foundation for the Legend of the Five Rings collectible card game, role-playing game, and miniatures game, and series of novels. Uh, yeah, I, the, I said all that second half of the paragraph. I'm sorry. It was also the featured campaign setting of the adventures. Oh, you did say this for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's now out of print. Hmm. Okay. I wonder why. Well, the um the the D and D book is now out of print. Uh, L5R is is a uh, a current going concern, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. Uh, The background of this page has the thing that we noticed on that pirate game wiki we saw before, which is, I'm seeing the pictures on the sides of the uh, characters, but in the middle, there's just, it's black with that white line down the middle. That weird, uh, I kept calling it like a uh, aluminum bar or something. Yeah. I'm not having that problem. I think maybe you have an ad covering it up like I do, Jeff. There's an ad in the middle, the top middle. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yes, that is what's happening. It's very strange. Weird. Anyway. Yeah. Um, So. So we all play tabletop games to varying levels of uh, Mm -hmm. fanaticism. Um, One of the things, I mean, like, this is a, obviously a fantasy Japan game, but it seems very steeped in, like, what is that? There's like a, a famous novel about five houses fighting over the the leadership of. Are you talking about Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Yes, that's the one. I said five, <laughs> but it's three. Uh, and that is the that. basis of maybe a hundred uh, different um, Japanese video games in like a series. Yes. Um, it's it's like old novels, I think. Romance of Wait, the Three. Wait, is that also Japan? Because I thought Matt was getting it. It being not just Japan. Uh, it is, it's set in China, but I'm, yeah, oh, it is, it is a Chinese novel, but the video games are Japanese. That's what I was hinting at, and I didn't know for sure, which is why I didn't hit it harder, but a lot of these things are based on a Chinese novel about the way that feudal China dealt with secession, not secession, succession, (laughs) sorry. Oh, okay, (laughs) okay, yeah, I thought it was fracturing, okay, gotcha. Um, but, uh... 
then they set them in Japan, which is a different country with a different culture, and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm confused a little bit. Well, not confused. I expected it, but a little bit uneasy about the popular things on the side. Uh, Drums of War, eh, eh, Test of Enlightenment, whatever, Rise of the Shogun, so that's Japanese, and then Khan's Defiance, which Khan, K-A-K-H-A-N, uh, it's not, uh, that's, that's a Mongolian thing, isn't it? Yeah. That seems likely that they, like, because they talked about how the setting also deals with the surrounding countries, and I feel like it would be even more inauthentic if your fantasy Japan didn't have a fantasy China to go to war with all the time. I guess. That's true. I guess my point is that a lot of things deal with the idea of a complicated feudal system with houses, noble houses that compete over a single emperorship, mm-hmm. and how the politics of those houses and their power over both society and you know, uh, military forces leads to this sort of stalemating of all of these powerful figures. And the problem is that trope that is from Romance of the Three Kingdoms and obviously also actual history is much more of a Chinese thing than a Japanese thing. Yeah. But people are very into Japanese culture now in terms of like, anime and, uh, you know, the cartoons and stuff like, you know, comic books and stuff like that. Um, and so they want it to be a Japanese thing. So they just like conflate those in a way that's super not great. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's probably going on here a little bit. For sure. Yes. Um, I don't know that if you ask the designers, uh, Hey, have you heard of romance of the three kingdoms? If they would be like, yes or no. Well, it may not be that they were directly inspired by that one piece, but it's the same vibe as all of the things that were inspired by that piece of, like... Mm. the Yeah, the, sort the, of playing reason, telephone down the line. Right. The reason that I, fi- I have never had any desire to play this game is because uh, it's mostly, as I understand it, it's mostly a sort of political tensions game between boring. warring factions over the leadership of a country, and that sounds so boring to me. <laughs> yeah. If I can't punch a mummy, I just don't want to play your game. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading a little bit of the, like, rundown of the game itself. And, That's why um, the only good game in Matt's opinion is Fester's Quest. It's true. <laughs> oh, if you could punch mummies in Fester's Quest, it would have been way better. You could punch things that came out of the graveyard that might have been mummies. You couldn't punch anything. You had a gun that you shot and that's it. That's part of why it sucked. Metaphorically, but... (laughs) Okay. Wait, is this anything? Hold on. Mm -hmm. Castlevania 2, Fester's Quest. Is that anything? No. Um, Because Castlevania 2 was Simon's Quest? Okay, yes. I was going to say, do I need to know what the real subtitle of (laughs) Castlevania 2 was to get this? And clearly I did. Yeah, you did. Uh, Okay, so I guess that was nothing. Uh, Anyway, they talk, they mention in the little blurb the, like, lethality of this game, that it's, like, very hard to survive combat if you rush in unprepared. I'm like, that's not why I'm playing an RPG. Yep. Are you rolling dice with somebody? Yeah, stop rolling, rolling dice. dice. Somebody's no, in trouble. I, I'm fiddling with a screw to occupy my hands so that I can focus better, and I dropped it on the floor. Yep. The world's smallest fiddle. <laughs> I wasn't asking for your pity. You asked no, what I know, happened. But you were fiddling. Well, I see. This podcast burns. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go down with the ship. Yep. yep. 
I feel like the fact that we've get, the listeners don't know, although they can probably sense it, that we've the given listeners ourselves, don't know anything. <laughs> that we've given ourselves a timer for this because a couple people have a hard out here, and I want to take a nap. But uh, <laughs> guess which two people have a hard out based on the other information? Did you put together all the clues? But I feel like it's really uh, ramping up the tension. This you could have saved her. I gave you all the clues. No, we did. I my hard out is later than Matt's. I thought you had a harder out. Than and me, Louisa, because you want to go make those jams. Yeah, I yeah. dropped those Oh, Louisa's beats. become an amateur DJ. I'm a yeah. DJ bit burglar. It's all coming back together. Oh, uh, yeah. finally. That's a joke that we made on this show. Incredible yeah, that I'm anyone remembered it. one. I'm yeah. revealing it like Daft Punk that I've been DJ bit burglar this whole time. Yeah, it, it it's way less impactful if you haven't become a celebrity before you reveal it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, who's that? Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm getting into random pages here, and Yep. I'm mm-hmm. interested to know about this uh, plausibly deniable racism RPG. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've received the page Bayushi Masashi. Uh, please note, this article is about the Yojimbo. For other uses of the term, please see Masashi disambiguation. Uh, hey. Bayushi uh-huh. Masashi was a Bushi and Yojimbo of the Scorpion clan. Uh, and then the only heading... Well... There's two headings, external links and references. The only actual content heading is titled A Brother's Destiny. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's in the category of people born unknown, died just a dash. Masashi visited his father, Bayushi Toshimo, once once a magistrate who had been disgraced by the past trans... God, I'm so bored that I like can't even get through the first sentence. I'm this sure is there just are people listening to this who love this game and they probably hate that we hate this game, but this game is so boring. It's just like it's just this is like reading the A Song of Ice and Fire wiki if you haven't read A Song of Ice and Fire or watched Game of Thrones. I really like how the different kingdoms all have a cool animal name, so you can be reading about something and it'll be like, oh, the Scorpion Kingdom. And you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I want to oh, see what the Scorpion actually. Though. What's the Scorpion Clan all about? Oh, man, yeah, they have I a cool logo. To try to figure out if it's cool. It's like 700 pages long. <laughs> Ugh, they're all just uh, regular lion clan, but they're all just people, so whatever. Boring. Yeah, I, like, I, I ended up just going and typing into the search bar magic to see if magic is real <laughs> in this world. It is. It is, but it, there's no indication that anyone ever uses it. I don't know if oh, people boy. have magic in it, but the gods are real, Yeah, uh, and they founded all the clans. Uh, you should type in Naruto and see if he results. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'll absolutely. Naruto. Okay. Uh, Doji Naruto yeah, was a diplomat, a diplomat of the Korean clan. The clan. <laughs> Shit. I mean, that's not who we wanted. We wanted our friend, uh, if we are keeping the name order the same, Uzumaki Naruto. Mm-hmm. Uh, that orange ninja with the spiky hair who we all love and yeah. know everything about. It's true. We know he's the planeswalker of fan fiction. We certainly know at least one fact about Naruto from Naruto. Yeah, his name means whirlpool. That's the only one I know. Yep. 
Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm very upset that we can't comment on uh, Bayushi Masashi's uh, page with yeah. our aggressive optimism like we did for baseball <sighs> last week. Bayushi Nitoshi would forget his, forget his sins if Toshimo began to utilize his connections in the Imperial Legions as well as the Shogunate in order to ensure that a small scorpion under that? his command of the suit. Is there a it's, punchline coming? No, I'm just like, here's it's so dry. Yeah, but here's what I want to know. This is headed a brother's destiny. There's not one mention of a brother anywhere in there. What does that mean? Yeah, he's obviously the brother of the extremely important character Naruto. (laughs) Uh, Maybe (laughs) a lot of them have a family name Bayushi, so maybe... Um, yeah, Masashi. Okay, we need no. to stop talking about this incredibly boring. Yeah, but all I want to say is you can't call it a brother's destiny and then not mention any family connections except father and son. You can't do is that. Is it possible? Is it possible he's black? <sighs> what? <laughs> I wasn't going to sigh anymore. You need to stop making me sigh. This is your fault. You Come on, that, that was a that was a decent joke. No, mm, no. Okay. <laughs> Cut that joke. Well, anyway, I clicked on a random page and yeah. I got uh, Shinrai. Monk in parentheses. Oh, uh, Shinrai was a monk of the Order of Courageous Reflection in the Shinden Yaruki Juko at Otosan Uchi prior to the Scorpion Coup. You're not allowed to put the word Scorpion Coup in your dumb game if it's not <laughs> way cooler than this. Yeah, yeah. I, you can you can say what you want about. Uh, the Mummy franchise uh, and how it went downhill after the second one, but they knew how to keep things called Scorpion very cool the whole time. Uh, I will say, and I I should, for full disclosure, say I am one of the developers on a competing Fantasy Japan game. uh, (laughs) Ah! Your worm has turned! (laughs) Yes, which I understand is slightly problematic. In my opinion, we deal with it a little bit better than this, but understandably... Yes, it's definitely problematic, and I get that. Um, I will say, when something is called a scorpion coup in our game, it's because there were giant magic scorpions, and you had to punch them with magic. <laughs> I think that Exalted does a little better of fant- fantasying everything up to make it seem uh, less obviously this is just Japan with a different name. Yes, I mean, I will say, in my opinion, Exalted is based much more on the cartoon show Avatar The Last Airbender than it is based on Japan. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender is also fairly problematic. All because of those voice actors were white. by white people to be kind of referencing Japanese culture? Yes. yes. Uh, uh, actually, I guess Dante Bosco isn't white, but most of the other ones were. Matt, you stopped reading this thing, understandably, because it's garbage, but the part right after you stop reading is insane. Like That's okay. why this guy is, has his own page. In 1123, Shinrai, alongside his fellow monk Yasoko, claimed the statue of Shin say had moved, causing much furor among the community. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. The statue moved? Okay. Yeah. That, again, keep going. If, if, okay. Uh, the movement had been seen in the statue's reflection in one of the mirrors uh, the order used for meditation, but when they turned, the sculpture was unchanged. What the hell? So Why is this famous because him and another monk said a statue moved and no one saw it? The end. <laughs> And why is this in the game? Is this just a card from the card game? Here's the other thing about this that is baffling to me is that you're in a world where magic is proven real. In a world. Is a statue moving that big of a deal? Like, is yeah. that uncommon? That seems like something that might happen. Yeah. 
For sure. Uh, I feel like I'm going to die from <laughs> being aware of this. Yep. Well, Lisa, did you do yes. a random page yet? Yeah, I did, and I just need to make sure that I actually send it to you. No, that didn't work. So I got a page called Sakura, and I was afraid instantly. Oh my god, have they just done what everything that shallowly is in Japan does, which is name a female character Sakura, which means cherry blossom. But no, um, Sakura. Like, is she capturing cards at any point? <laughs> Sakura, TCG, which I assume means the card game, uh, Sakura was the Rokugani term for cherry blossom. Kano and Nagamaru were the twin fortunes of Sakura trees. Guys, that makes any sense. Guys, just just wanted to update you all that I googled to make sure that card capture Sakura was a real thing, mm-hmm. and it was, so that joke, yeah. that joke is good. Okay, mm-hmm. great. They renamed it in America so that boys would like it. So... I'm trying to figure out, there's only the, the two sentences, that's it. But I'm trying to figure them out. So, Sakura was a term for cherry blossom. Fine. Already established. I know that already. And then two Simple for people... Sam- samurais, which makes sense. That's that. Two people were the twin fortunes of Sakura trees. What could that possibly mean? Oh no, I clicked on the word fortunes and there's a thing called 10,000 fortunes. I'm backing out. No, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> Louisa, you're going to get extremely into Legend of the Five Rings. <laughs> no, I won't. Yep, it's your thing now. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Everyone says. They're all tooting about, they're like, you know how Louisa loves Legend of the Five Rings, right? <laughs> We're canceling her because oh. she's extremely racist. <laughs> um, something interesting that may shed a little bit of light on this is that when you said you got Sakura before you posted the link, I googled, or I like searched for the article on Sakura. Mm-hmm. I got the, you got Sakura TCG, yes. meaning the card from the card game, yes. which is slightly different than the Sakura page on its own, which doesn't well, have the stuff about the This is a great spirits. story. What are you saying? Yeah. Uh, I guess also, I also am mad that this is a card game card, and there's no picture of it. There's no picture of anything. I don't think it is a card. I think it's just a like something referenced on other cards. Nope, never mind. I clicked on the other cards. There aren't pictures of those ones either. <laughs> Damn it. Jesus. Uh, it's, I guess, it, okay, it looks like it appears in a guidebook about the setting and on a card, a piece of card art, if you click the first reference Risen from the Flames, that shows you not a picture of the card. This is just a long story. Why is it TCG? What does this have to do? Yeah. Okay, guys. Listen. I'm sure Legend of the Five Rings is very fun if you're oh, born. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, or yeah. if you're... No, I, that was a joke. You guys were supposed to call me out for being mean to my <laughs> listeners, and you didn't. Oh, so no, you I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. We all are in this together <laughs> on this one. If you guys like Legend of the Five Rings, please write a... 5,000 word essay on why it's better than all the other tabletop games and send it to jeff at uh, funtimes.online. I do understand the um, appeal of something like this. If you play a lot of, like, Dynasty Warriors or or even Romance of the Three Kingdoms for some reason, if you're just a real uh, real deep nerd and you're, like, also into D&D and you would like there to be an authentic Japanese fantasy RPG, there really isn't one. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a... Not in America, anyway. Of entertainment, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's, maybe. It's barely fantasy. Yeah. It's The only way in which it's fantasy is that it's, like, historical fiction and also there's monsters. 
Yeah, it's just like, it would be interesting um, if more of that stuff was getting translated. So I feel like this game uh, exists mostly out of the necessity, uh, the desire of white nerds to play something Japanese-ish. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to do that, play Exalted instead, because I write for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I mean, I really do think Exalted is a good game, for whatever that's worth. Well, I should I, so. I, I, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Exalted is kind of like the same level of political tension as this, but also you can punch a mountain apart if you have magic powers. If you get real mad. Way <laughs> more de- fun. To deal with your political intrigue, anger. <laughs> you, yep. you go and sit in treaty talks all day, but then you go punch a mountain because you're so upset. Yeah. Um, there are some aspects in Exalted to the way magic works, which is, which are very cool and in keeping with some Japanese mythology things where you can do things like, um, steal a word from someone if you're, if you specialize in charisma abilities, Hmm. like rather than picking their pocket of a physical object, you can steal a word and they just can't say it anymore. Oh, they can't say Sakura ever again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it can be surprisingly useful if you're, like, fighting against a- if you're working against a diplomat and you just steal the word peace from them and they can't negotiate for peace anymore. <laughs> Do you want to not have any more war? Wink, and then they <laughs> wink wrong with a whole you? lot. <laughs> What's wrong with your brain? <laughs> I would just steal someone's name, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, that kind of thing is is a lot more interesting to me. If you're gonna already be exploring the fantasy of another culture, then, like, do it more. Like, get more into the mythology of it, in my opinion. But, again, mm-hmm. I'm biased because I'm working on it, so you take whatever you like yeah. and get whatever enjoyment you can out of your brief time on this horrible nightmare escape that is Earth. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, I hope you guys got <laughs> some enjoyment out of this episode of our podcast mm-hmm. somehow. Um, if you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and let all your friends know about it. We appreciate you guys spreading the word. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, seeingreddit at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at hackthenetpod. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Mastodon at mattheron at mastodon.cloud. I'm on Mastodon. Also, I'm currently using mastodon.cloud slash at JK, because uh, coolmemes.biz is giving me trouble, and I don't feel like fixing it right now. I'll get to it next week. Um, you can follow me there. You can go to patreon.com slash jeffjk. I'm also jeffjk on Snapchat and Instagram. You can DM any of us on any platform and get an invite to our Discord. Uh, I think that is all the, the stuff I have. I want to pause now because usually when you say that, you think of something else. I usually do, but I don't <laughs> think I have one today. Oh, you've done it. You've broken the curse. <laughs> all right. Or can... or I just permanently forgot whatever it was. <laughs> well, that's probably Don't forget best. to smash that subscribe button. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Mastodon and Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Come and talk to me and be my friend. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks everyone for coming out. Um, we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Next good week. game, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hit the showers, everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, but until next week, please don't forget about us. And, uh, well, nope. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, God. All right. Let's restart. Let's start. Never fake out. What let's I meant to say is <laughs> I have a great week and please don't forget about us. Your net nannies. Have a great summer. Keep in touch. Get ready for jazz. <laughs> Jeff, you really threw me off. I'm like, wait, did Jeff also yeah. say the other thing? I wanted to sign the uh, podcast yearbook. <laughs>